Hi everyone, welcome to episode 8 of Did You Watch The Race? The F1 podcast that looks at Formula 1 from the dual perspective of a long-time fan and a relatively new fan of the sport. I'm Colin and I've been watching F1 for about 4 years now. I'm Jason and I've been following F1 for about 15 years now. And I'm Gemma and I too have been watching Formula 1 for about 4 years now. Ahead of the Azerbaijan Grand Prix this weekend, we'll be having a look at what we can expect from this iconic street circuit, as well as the F1 news and also our pit lane problems section. We'll get started with the news. So first up is Callum Eilat, who's an IndyCar driver. He recently tweeted about an incident that happened in the last couple of weeks at a race. Um, he's actually received death threats and a lot of abuse for accidentally ruining his teammate's uh, race, uh, even though it was not intentional or... Yeah, he kind of just got caught in the wrong place at the wrong time and... Uh, yeah. It- by his own actions, ruined his teammates' race, but not really through any of his own doing. But the main thing here really is, why are people sending death threats to drivers? Like, to anyone. So unnecessary. Yeah. And as well, it was, like, his tweet was addressed to old fans, new fans, everyone. I mean, obviously not pointing fingers at older new fans, but, like, it just seems so, such a... Did you see, what what was his um, tweet? What was the tweet that he said? Quote it, if you want. On another note, it's an important reminder to all new and old fans slash people. Respect goes both ways. Although I have thick skin and I'm used to this behavior occasionally, one day it will go too far for someone who can't deal with it as well as others. And then replied to his own tweet saying, it's unacceptable on any level for those who encourage it should have a real think about the consequences of their actions. I think he makes a really good point there as well, though, saying that like he can take it, but that doesn't mean every driver can take it or every anyone, you know, celebrity, yeah. anyone who... Yeah, exactly. And th- this, yeah. like, if this ends up going to a place where, God forbid, somebody does do something about it, then everyone will be very, oh, God, how does this happen, you know, whatever. But until something happens, people tend not to have that reaction yeah. I think people are very like they take advantage of being anonymous online or like not even being anonymous but like ex- expecting that you know that person's so famous that they wouldn't even read my tweet or whatever Um, but like obviously yeah. at a certain point they have to read some tweets and it might be yours that they read like and it's just unnecessary it's let's get some perspective people yeah I like I really don't understand that how you like sit and would tweet at somebody at that or you know, mess them on Instagram and then like just put your phone away and go about the rest of your day being like, ah, I've done a good job there, <laughs> you know. Or maybe like write it down on a piece of paper, you know, if you're that. That's angry, not a bad idea, actually. That's a pretty good and idea. Throw it away. Yeah, I suppose yeah. if you have yeah. to do it. Yeah. <laughs> regardless of whether, regardless of the situation, uh, be it in motorsport or any other kind of walk of life, um, we highly recommend you don't send abuse or death threats to anyone, especially um, us. Even. People who you think might not read your tweets, they might. Yeah. That, that, that's it. That's the lesson. Next up, we have reports from Mercedes about George Russell's engine failure in Australia, that the engine will be unsalvageable from that incident. So obviously not great for George. Three races in and he's one engine down. How many engines do they have for the year? Three? So, yeah, yeah. so he's one, three he's one down and then they start getting penalties after that, isn't it? Yeah, after, no, after three, once they use their three. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what I mean, sorry, yeah. So after they use their three, then he's starting to yeah. start getting penalties and he's already won down. Then they start, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Do you know what, at what stage during the season that they typically, like, start changing out engines? They'll do that strategically. So they would have probably used a new engine for Baku anyway this weekend oh, okay. because it's such a high power track. So they would basically earmark three tracks where they want brand new engines throughout the season and then they would manage them throughout the rest of the season then around that 
So I was going to say, what what would qualify a race being earmarked? So Baku is a high power track. So that's where they can get the most benefit from having the freshest engine. So the engines will lose power throughout their life. So mm-hmm. having the freshest engine at a track that requires the highest power makes the most sense. So Baku is one of them. Uh, now, ah. not all teams might do this, but that's, you know, roughly throughout the season, they don't just use up one entire engine, then change, use up one entire engine, then change. They'll have different tracks that they'll grade basically by power requirements so say monaco would be a very low one so they can use lower settings on one of the more worn engines there can they double back on engines like can they can they swap out engines so say if they go to new engine now for baku and say in a couple of races time then they like they want to use a previous engine that they'll reuse or is that count as an engine change again or does it just say three engines they can use as as they want throughout the season yeah, so they have a pool of three engines that they can use wherever they want. And then once they take an additional pe- an additional engine and the penalties, that engine enters the pools. They have four engines to use from and they can use that then as, oh. as they see fit. So the issue with George's engine was down to debris in the cylinder. So it's unclear really if this was a kind of freak accident if it was to do with a a manufacturing error on the engine but it was left useless anyway uh, the turbo as well is also gone the exhaust obviously because there's the flames and everything like that so he's lost a nice few components but look the way where mercedes are in this year i don't think they'll mind having to take an engine penalty at some point but yeah obviously not an ideal not an ideal thing to happen but they'll be able to learn a lot from this for going forward so could be worse more news um, around the calendar. So we talked about this last week, but they're actually looking at uh, rescheduling the calendar and kind of making it more region friendly. So instead of doing insane flights back and forth, they're talking about doing certain regions in order. And then like it makes more sense, doesn't it? Like, yeah. especially if they're trying to be Completely. carbon neutral by what year did they say? 2030. OK, yeah, yeah. Like it just seems so silly, like especially because like it's not only just the cars, obviously, it's like the entire circus that goes with them. So it's a bit mad that they're flying all over the place. Yeah. Yeah, so there's like this, this, <laughs> the that this is coming up now is interesting because obviously we're going from Baku to Miami back to Barcelona, isn't it? So it's just a yeah. insane amount of travel and then Vegas to Abu for, Dhabi as well. Yeah, now you see, this is where it's going to get confusing because, well, not confusing, but contradictory. So the reason Abu Dhabi is last is because they're paying a load of money, which you know, fair yeah, enough. like that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's you know, look, they're paying money, fair enough. Well, not fair enough, but <laughs> that's a whole other story. Um, sorry. Never fears that. It's understandable. <laughs> yeah. But then you have Vegas where Vegas isn't going to be raceable that much of the year. Like, as in, if you couldn't race in that during the blazing summer, like, even you look at Kota, mm. that's what, end of September, or no, that's October time, and it's very hot there. Then you have tracks like Montreal where you basically have a three to four, three month window ish, give or take, to fit it in. I imagine the jet lag, though, even for the drivers, like, that must be absolutely chronic. Not even for the drivers, just for the people who are part of the circus. It's like, it must be chronic. As far as I know, most of the teams will basically pick a time and stay on it. Wow, so, really? you know, the way most of the races tend to be around the same time. Yeah. Even though they're, you know, in different regions, like the, as like obviously Australia, Japan kind of are the main outliers in that. But yeah, they'll stay on GMT zero, whatever. Wow. Yeah, they'll stay on our local time effectively when they go abroad because the races are in around that time. So it makes sense to stay at that. And even I remember reading interviews with drivers where they were like, oh, did you enjoy Malaysia, wherever, where you got to see all the stuff? And they're like, no, we were asleep most of the important yeah. times. <laughs> yeah. But just on that as well, you obviously have the issue of like Singapore actually and Malaysia are good examples where Malaysia was an unbelievable track but Singapore didn't want to be around it at the same time in the calendar because it was affecting their ticket sales 
So depending on where you're, it's not so bad in Europe where all the races are selling out. But, oh, but that's a really good point. races in places where they're not selling out, they're not that happy to be sharing with other races. You know? Yeah, I never really thought about that. Yeah, so I, I'm not, I'm not convinced this is going to end up in much. But even if it, even if they improved it a little bit. Hopefully. Yeah. It's good in theory anyway. I always feel a bit stupid when we talk about things like this because it's like, oh, why don't they just do this? And then when you actually get down to the nitty gritty, like it's so complex. I know there was probably a reason why they weren't doing it, um, but it's just mad to think like all the reasons and it's just gets so complex so quickly. Yeah, there's never a silver bullet for this kind of thing. So to finish up the news, we have a bit of a wild card rumour, which is that Taylor Swift is currently dating Fernando Alonso. Now, I Sorry, don't have a wait, source wait, for this. Who's Fernando Alonso? <laughs> Isn't this the Taylor Swift podcast? Yeah. <laughs> it is as bizarre as it sounds. Like, I don't even have a source for this. The source is Twitter. Like, I have, I have no idea where this came from. But the internet has taken a hold on this and has run with it. So, yeah, I have no idea where this came from, but it kind of started last week following the news that Taylor Swift broke up with her boyfriend. Um, I don't know how it came about that she, there was like a rumour that she was on a date with Fernando Alonso and everyone just I lost I thought he was it. married with kids and stuff, is he not? It's very much the opposite, yeah. So they're both single, newly on the prowl. There was a TikTok during the week uh, from Fernando Alonso's account and it was of him and he just kind of smirked and winked but the, the sound was anti-hero which is Taylor Swift's like latest single. So a little nod to that which I think is funny and like there's definitely no credit in it because it doesn't even make sense in any world but it is very <laughs> funny and like so like not on my bingo card for F1 2023 I'd love if it was just like he was driving the car and he was talking over the radio being like I'm having trouble with my shift sorry Fernando you're dating Twitter Swift <laughs> <laughs> Someone quick put that on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, Alonso seems like the kind of guy who would just rip the piss. Like he would he would just play along with it just for the crack like. Oh, that would start it. That would oh, just right. like message people yeah. being like here. It's like maybe I did start dating her. Because it's definitely more beneficial to him. More people know Taylor Swift than Fernando Alonso. What? So he just he, yes. he just made a bunch of memes about him dating Taylor Swift and then sent them off to the meme page. Such a specific meme. He's memeing it into existence. But that'd be pretty funny, actually. Imagine that was your way of like uh, making like uh, propaganda, it's like making a bunch of memes and sending them off to all the meme pages. <laughs> Not a bad idea. Maybe we should start doing that. But uh, Fernando and Taylor, if you're listening, you know, come on, you can uh, announce your relationship here on Did yeah. You Watch The Race? We'll uh, we'll offer a good exclusive for you. So yeah, that's your little tidbit of the week in case you have seen any Taylor Swift, uh, Fernando Alonso memes. That's what they're about. So now we're going to move on to the race preview for next week. So Jason and Gemma, did you just watch the highlights from last year? I did, briefly. Oh, so that makes one of us. <laughs> I watched the first uh, couple of minutes right before this. So we've got a, we've got one and a half out of three. Not too bad. Well, the main takeaway I had from it was that Vettel did a really cool 180 and then he drove more. <laughs> You're the one that watched <laughs> the highlights. <laughs> um, so yeah. From- it was, last year was quite a boring race uh, by Baku's standards. Yeah, Baku's quite chaotic. I don't think the cars this year lend themselves to the anarchy we've seen in the last couple of seasons. Obviously, 2021 was just mad because Hamilton Verstappen and then last year was mad because we had the new regulations. Yeah. I feel like now the teams have kind of figured them out. They're not fighting each other as closely and they're like, I, I know we talked about when Science mentioned that the cars can't follow as well. I think that's kind of affecting the racing as well. We're not seeing as unbridled yeah. madness. Obviously we did mm-hmm. a little bit in Australia but that was because there was a two lap 
remaining restart. Yeah, I think we've been very, very lucky, like particularly me and Gem, obviously, because we only started watching recently. But like the past few seasons, from what my experience of F1 has been really exciting. This year, it, like it's still some good racing, but it's not as exciting as the previous years. But I think that's purely because like this, like you can say this, Jason, if this is true, but like I think from talking to you anyway, it seems that like majority of F1 is kind of like this and the last couple of years have been an exception almost. Yeah, kind of in between regulations periods, it can depend. There can be teams can just dominate. If they just nail them, they, teams can just dominate the sport effectively. And then you'll usually have a couple of unicorn seasons in between. Now, we've been a bit luckier. Like in 2017, 2018 were both good seasons. And then obviously 2021 was a great season. So I don't think it, it's necessarily as clear cut as it was, say, during the Ferrari days and the Mercedes days. They both had massive reasons as to why they were so dominant. able to dominate the yeah. way they did. Yeah, like as in Ferrari were testing and could spend everything they want in the world. Mercedes just absolutely nailed an engine regulation and an aero regulation change in the way no other team has really done before. So I don't think it's quite as clear cut for this Red Bull domination. I think I think Mercedes, Ferrari and look, even Aston Martin could figure this out by come the end of the year. So, so we won't see a marathon of Red Bulls for like the next five years. Uh, no, I think Hopefully I think not. they'll be out. I think they'll be out of sight by summer break this year, but I think the other okay. teams will come back to them towards the end. We also don't know how much their penalty has affected them yet in terms of wind tunnel and development. Yeah, I forgot about that. If they use that early on this year, if they've held that back, if they're saving some for, for 2024, you know, so th- there's a lot that could happen during the year in the cost cap era and this 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 kind of environment in the sport. We're, you know, we're still relatively fresh into it. We don't know how it's going to affect the ongoing development and changes to the car. Yeah. Mm-hmm. but this weekend yeah while we're on the subject of Red Bull like everything about this track suits them you know the, the high speed sections the low speed sections Max and Checo are both quite strong around this track so barring any reliability issues as we've said the last mm-hmm. three times we've done reviews I don't really see much happening or yeah. m- much I don't know why we keep talking about it because it's going to be like that for the rest of the season um, what's yeah. the? Well, we'll wait and see. Yeah, we we'll wait and see. And um, what's the story with the tires this week? So, like, what's the compounds? Yeah, so tires are obviously quite a contentious subject at Baku. There's been multiple yeah. failures over the last few years. There, they have the softest set of the Prairie range, so the C3, C4, C5. That, so that is could be just down to the, the actual surface track might not be that abrasive as opposed to Bahrain, like you mentioned. But I think a lot of the tire issues comes down to the pressures Pressure. they run yeah. on. So they kind of, yeah, they, they'll try and run them as soft as they can within reason. So I know last year they upped the pressure slightly. And now we have a different, completely different tire than in 2021, obviously, when Max had the failures in that race. We're onto the 18-inch rim. So yeah, the yeah. tires just behave completely different. So, look, I don't think we'll see a repeat again of that kind of madness, but they definitely do need to, just from a strategy point of view, they need to hold on to the tyres, and then if they see any sort of concern, they would need to to change them out of conservation, really. Beyond Red Bull, then we have Ferrari, who are looking pretty decent, as long as they can keep both of their drivers on the track, ideally. And an agreement with each other. (laughs) And all six cylinders in both engines. And we shouldn't forget the rest of the team, because... they're mostly where the mistakes are made, in fairness. <laughs> yeah, so hopefully every single Ferrari employee can get their shit together. Yeah, I think Ferrari have a decent chance this weekend. The of themselves, Mercedes, Aston Martin, they probably have the fastest car, as in in a straight line. So that will obviously help a bit towards it. Mercedes are notoriously not great for straight tracks, right? 
they don't do very well on three tops. Traditionally, no, they wouldn't. They're not not one of their happier hunting grounds. And like even across Singapore, Monaco, they've just never particularly been strong. It might be down to they're a lot tighter and narrower than your traditional track and just face a lot of different challenges. Speaking of which, Aston Martin, are they looking any good, Jason, do you think? Or will they struggle on this track? They're, yeah, so of themselves, Merck and Ferrari, they're the slowest in a straight line. And I think they're getting the least out of their DRS as well. So that will probably affect them coming into this weekend. Now, we haven't seen them run a low down force, a full low down force setup really yet. So if they do that this weekend, maybe they might open up something else in the car. Also, the team's about four weeks to develop, you know, so they will have had a lot of time to digest data. This isn't like the summer break where mm-hmm. the teams have to shut down. They'll have had a lot of time to digest the data and, you know, bring tailor-made packages for this track, which they, they oftentimes will do because it's such a low, such a unique track. They'll bring Baku-specific parts. So it will re- we'll really need to see what kind of setup they're running. If they can pull a bit more top speed out of that car, they've been absolutely mega through the, the medium speed and low speed turns. So if they can sort that issue out, then they'll be there, thereabouts. I, I don't know if they will, because I think they're looking at more of a season-wide approach. Rather, like I, I don't think there's that much point in them putting all their eggs into Baku for the sake of what could be development for the year, you know. Mm-hmm. And also, I mean, Fernando Alonso is kind of love-struck now with Taylor Swift, so maybe he won't come third. Maybe his head will be somewhere else. But yeah, from your perspective, what do you see happening with the, the top four? Red Bull first. I mean... One, two. Yeah. One, two, really. <laughs> Just get the low-hanging fruit I, of the I way. don't know. Like, I, I was going to say I have no faith in Ferrari or in Mercedes, really. I want to root for Aston Martin. Really, <laughs> you just want to root for Taylor by proxy. Yeah, exactly. I do think I do think Alonso will come third this weekend. I I think Charles probably this weekend. He, I, he's pretty decent around here as well. He was obviously on pole last year. Yeah, so I was thinking that too. He would be my tip, really. I just can't. I can't put any more faith in Ferrari. I, it's just you can only too... get hurt so many times. Yeah, yeah. To be honest, Shake it off, Gemma. I'm like too afraid to even root for them at this point because I'm like, I can't get hurt again. Do we think, where do, where do we think between Max and Checo? It's a good question. I mean, Max is obviously, is the obvious answer, but I think, I mean, Perez has he's a bit of fighting done him. quite well on fighting him. Yeah. And on these tracks, he's, he's speedy around these. I think if we're going to see anything from Checo this year in terms of taking Max on, it'll need to be here. It'll need to be here. It'll need to be Miami. You know, he needs to to really yeah. mount a challenge kind of in this in this stretch of races. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Checo still seems like he's a very, like, calculated guy. As in, like, he'll... I don't know if he necessarily wants to fight as much as he wants to prove himself. Keep his job. Yeah. Uh, yeah, as in, like, I think he still wants to be seen as a team player. But also, not, like, he's, he's in this weird kind of no man's land of, like, he also wants to keep his job. He wants to do his best he can. But he wants to be a team player and he also wants to stand his ground and not look like he's getting pushed around. So it's like he's pretty much fucked if he does, fucked if he doesn't. Do you know what I mean? Really difficult position. Yeah. yeah. So I think he's just kind of going to try and I think he's going to try and keep as close to Max as possible. I don't think he'll be going for any scraps unless Max does something stupid. Here at the Did You Watch The Race pod, we're all behind you, Checo. Yeah. <laughs> So then moving to the midfield and down. Yeah, Jeremy, you mentioned Alpine. I think Alpine could be really interesting this week. I think they have potential. I think they're really like slow, very slowly, but very slowly, but gradually climbing up in terms of kind of consistency. Um, and I'd, I'm really interested to see how they fare with this track, especially after the last crash. 
of each other. Yeah, but yeah, Gazi obviously put on a great performance in Australia. Like he was keeping science behind him and then keeping up with science on pure merit for a good a good chunk of that race. So there's definitely pace in that car. 100%. It'll be interesting. Moving on to then Alfa Romeo. Jason has put in our notes Alfa Humeo, which, you know, brutal, but also fair because they're fucking nowhere. Yeah, they've had such a weird season. They're... They've been shite. I don't know if they've been shite. I think... Uh, was No, they've... They have. Bottas has been la- basically last. He was eighth in Bahrain. Wasn't he? Okay, okay. Ba- basically. <laughs> I just think they're not getting much screen time. Yeah, also that's that. that was kind of more where my point was coming from, that they just don't seem to be doing anything notable. Yeah, I don't think they're doing terrible. I just don't think they're like... No, maybe, okay, maybe that was a bit harsh. In in comparison maybe to last year, I think at the end of last year, I think you could kind of see the progress. And I think personally, I was excited to see what would happen this year. And, and because maybe they haven't gotten that much airtime, then I'm a bit like, oh kind of expected more yeah i think everyone expected a bit more of them there's obviously a lot going on with the team like fred having left and the whole audi stuff going on so they're probably in a kind of weird place uh, as a place to work at the minute so that's maybe not helping yet they've just kind of been quietly doing their job picking up points when they need to and valtteri's mullet can only bring them so far i feel like joe's been a ghost kind of like between last year and this year like the most notable thing for him is probably the crash that he had and then the fact that he's had a decent uh, rookie season, but like it wasn't like there was nothing massively notable about it. But I feel like he just doesn't get that much airtime. Yeah, which is a pity because I actually do think he's a decent driver, especially for a pay driver. Like he probably deserves a bit more credit than what he's getting. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He just needs that kind of standout performance to get him noticed. He, he hasn't had yeah. that yet. So hopefully this season at some stage. Then we have McLaren obviously coming off the back of their sixth and eighth place in Australia. That. Absolutely nobody was expecting. Yeah. Well, because of their, it's going to go either two ways. They're either going to get a bit of a boost morale wise from their points. Even if it wasn't expected, it still happened, which was great. And maybe they'll come into this race with a completely new perspective and smash it. Or it's going to go violently downhill and they're going to be as consistently horrific as they have been this season so far. Could go either way. Um, I don't know if I call that violently see. downhill or more just uh, plateauing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like no one's expecting them to like come out on pole, but it would be nice to see them not crash and burn. But um, I don't know how likely that is. There was a lot of talk at the time of testing that they were going to be bringing their first big updates around Baku. I haven't really heard a huge pile that they will be. So I don't, I don't know if they're actually coming in now or if it'll be more for Imola. But if they get them in, you know, they seemed like they were kind of happy enough to just do whatever until they started getting their upgrades in. So I think yeah, if they if they have the upgrades ready and get that functioning on a card this weekend, then maybe we might see something out of them. But outside of that. I don't see... Don't hold your breath, McLaren fans. Yeah, I think they're incredibly fortunate in Australia and I can't see that happening again. So yeah, what do you think about Haas? Do you think they'll have uh, much of a chance at getting any points this week? Yeah, the the team dynamic there is what will really drive them on this year, I think. The car seems in between. They've said they're going to try and upgrade it a bit this year, which they obviously haven't done for a while, so that might help. They've been saying that for the past four years. (laughs) Williams will be interesting, particularly with Alex, because... He has just absolutely played a blinder, um, as he has done. 
the last two years. I'm really excited to see what he does now with this this circuit. Yeah, I think um, both Yuki and Alex are kind of unfortunate. They seem to be having a re- really good seasons individually, but just being completely held back by the car that they have. A lot of, Albon obviously was running quite well in Australia before that issue, but... It is unfortunate. Then Sargent and DeVries are the only two remaining drivers to not win any points. So they'll definitely have something to prove now over the next couple of weeks. Have we any crazy predictions for the weekend? I think. McLaren one too. Gasly is going to be in top four. And to Gasly, that yeah, and I think that Albon is going to be in like top seven. There you go. Ooh, Very they are quite wild. Yeah, I think one of the Red Bulls is going to crash out in qualifying. Ooh, I'm going to say it one red flag. Bold today. One red flag too many, in my opinion. And now we're going to move on to our pit lane problems section, where we're going to be reviewing our reader's question and trying to help out in any way we can from from our perspective. Gem, I think you have a question there. I do indeed. Thank you very much to this listener who very much needs our help. Hi guys, I have been having some issues with my girlfriend recently and I'm hoping you can offer me some advice. I'm a big fan of F1 and all things motorsport related, but my girlfriend doesn't quite have the same passion as I do. Recently, things have come to a head in the bedroom. (laughs) I don't know why I'm giggling so much. Um, Because you're a child. I just like to point out (laughs) that I am... I haven't what? read this yet. Um, my mom is this read podcast. Either. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Sent me this. I was like, <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. I haven't, I haven't read this either, but it's. <laughs> <sighs> okay. You know how it is when the light, when it's lights out, no way we go. <laughs> we were a few laps in, <laughs> overheating, and the rubber was wearing down. I needed to box, you know, for safety. So we're like, Box, 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 and I come in anyway. I am not. I don't <laughs> visualize how this is working, but like I think there's. Okay, here's where the issues start. I'm all about performance. I know every tenth counts. I've been working on my technique and my timing. I have even been practicing with the guys when she's not at home. My performance is definitely improving. However, I can't help but feel that no matter how fast I am, she's never satisfied with my performance. I'm at a loss. How can I ever let her know that I'm giving her all I've got without hurting her feelings? So I think the context that we missed at the start of that email is that they're playing F1. What? They're playing uh, F1 on the PlayStation? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that, that's how that's... I read it too. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah. Um, I'm really descriptive. Thank you, listener. I really... <laughs> no, no, do not thank that listener. <laughs> uh, could picture it all. Maybe we shouldn't uh, let people write in anymore. <laughs> <laughs> we need to look. Do we have a concerned cleaning. listener here. We need to. Uh, we need to try and help them out. All right, Jason, take us uh, away. Pr- you have a lot of experience in this area, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you know, when you're talking about the the tire, the, the the rubber wearing down there, you know, maybe look at your strategy. You know, you never know when there could be a big a big incident and a safety car might come out. So you know, you need to be looking ahead. Is to there that any debris in your cylinders? Is there? Yeah. <laughs> and it's all about, you know, that on the radio communication, you know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> exactly. They they can't hear you. They can't hear you if, if there's something wrong. If uh, if you're not radioing it in. Has he asked his engineer for any advice? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And like is his teammate is his teammate having the same problem with the car or <laughs> <laughs> No, no, I think it's just him. His teammate's doing just fine. <laughs> Are there any overtakes happening during this? Uh, I don't know if he's mentioned any about that. Oh, no. no, they didn't actually. Maybe you should uh, um, 
instead of uh, free to race, you should just follow team orders and let them overtake. Yeah, yeah. You know, because you don't want to get to the end of the season and you're out of a contract with nowhere, uh, <laughs> nowhere else to race. <laughs> I think you should stop focusing on performance and, you know, just focus on enjoying it. You no, know, like, especially if you're saying at the end of the race, you know, you might at the end of the season, you know, you might not be in the contract. Just enjoy your time in the car, you know. Let, let it drive you, you know. It's all about the uh, the natural feel and use use your practice sessions well. You know, you get three of them a week. So get your house in order before Sunday arrives and maybe you just you know, stick, get stick yourself to races. <laughs> Lots of time on the simulator. Yeah, yeah. Can really help as well. You know, looking looking at all those digital images. Data. Um, Data, looking at all that data can really be helpful. Yeah, I don't really have much more to add on that. I don't want to uh, add much more to that. I think that was really good advice. If you have any pit lane problems you would like to submit, you can email didyouwatchtherace at gmail.com. Not anymore, we've closed the section down. <laughs> <laughs> or you can call us on 1-800-F1-F1-F1. And on that note, we're going to finish up for this week, folks. Thanks to everyone who tuned in. Next week, we're going to be back on race reviews. We have a busy couple of months ahead of us. There's, I think, five races in the next six weeks or something like that. So we'll be getting back to, thankfully, more F1-related content. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please be sure to give us a follow on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. Um, it really helps us to give a review as well. So make sure to tell your friends and your family and give us a listen. We're also on Instagram at Did You Watch The Race? All one word. While you're there, make sure to check out Coley Illustrations. And big thanks to her, as always, for doing our lovely artwork. So thanks for listening. We'll be back next Wednesday. I've been Colm. I've been Jason. I've been Gemma. And we'll talk to you next week. <laughs>